is on the radio today Turn it up, it's time to get on with the show On 98.7 ESPN Radio And a good afternoon, everybody. This is indeed the Michael K. Show. We thank you for joining us on this Monday, February 12th, 2024. Michael, Don, and Peter with you, and we have a new Super Bowl champion. It's the old Super Bowl champion. It's the repeat champion. It is the Kansas City Chiefs. Congratulations to them. Only the second overtime game in Super Bowl history. Both times. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was on the losing end. He was the offensive oh. coordinator of the Falcons when they were up 28-3. to Didn't score. 28-28 goes into overtime. This time he was up by 10 early. Ended up losing the game in overtime. And I, I look at that game, guys. I don't know if you re- agree with me. I don't think Shanahan did anything terrible to blow it. I just think the Chiefs are better. I think the, the, the Chiefs have the better player. Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, I, who would not allow them to lose. And they have a great coach and, and Andy Reid, who had some creative um, play calls. And, hey, they end up winning another championship. So you could say legitimately, they're a dynasty. In this day and age with the salary cap, they are a dynasty. Not because they've won two in a row, but because they've won three of four. And because they've gone to four out of five. That's a dynasty in the NFL with the salary cap. So congratulations to them. And you know what? It was a great Super Bowl. Fun to watch. And I'm sure the ratings that will come out during the show are going to be record setting. I, I don't know if I'd say that the, the Chiefs are better. Uh, I think if they played ten times, it might go five and five. You know, you, you can't you can't not think about like some of the breaks. Now, certain turnovers ended up being even, but... You know, it was pretty devastating. It looked like San Francisco was on their way to taking an early lead. And then that, that McCaffrey fumble on that first 49ers possession. And then, of course, the punt that went off the ankle of a Niner that gave basically the Chiefs a quick touchdown there. Um, so it was pretty evenly played. I, I, I don't know definitively who the better team is. I guess it's Kansas City because they won the game. You're right. The best player on the field is Patrick Mahomes. But I feel like if they played 10 times, I, I think they'd split. See, I don't know I agree with that because if they play 10 times and Patrick Mahomes are on the field 10 times, yeah, I don't think he's going to allow them to lose five times. Well, I, he, I, tend to, I tend to go with Michael here. Like, all, all things equal, Don, like, it, it's like, it, it's like this. All things basically are equal except the quarterback. And every game will probably end up getting determined by the quarterback. Maybe not every time, but I'd say seven out of ten times. Eight out of ten times, it's going to end up with Kansas City finding a way late. I, I just think for the 49ers, it felt like they dominated the first half and they went to halftime up 7-3. That's just not enough. They just did not do enough with their time in control. 10-3. And then the second, 10-3. Uh, 10-3, sorry. Uh, with the score being 10-3, you're up one touchdown at halftime. And then the entire second half, I don't know how it felt to you guys, I'm not saying it was like a, a fait accompli, but I kind of got the sense I am just going to watch this Patrick Mahomes come back and win. That, that's how it felt to me. And I, I think if you want to put any blame on, on Shanahan, kind of took the, you know, he, he didn't run as much as he should have. And that's what he did when he was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons, too. The, the worst thing you could do is put the ball back in Patrick Mahomes' hand. So you want to just eat up clock. And he went away from McCaffrey a lot, and there were, there were a couple of three-and-outs, I think three straight, three-and-outs, something like that, where he allowed the, the, the Chiefs to get their bearings about them and, and let Mahomes play uh, goat again. So, um, listen, I'm not going to put it all on Shannon, although the most interesting debate, and we didn't talk about it before the show because I want to get the real organic response about it. Everybody's killing Shanahan for not kicking off in overtime, instead receiving. And I think there's a case to be made for both. Now, the case to be made for kicking off is that if they do score, well, the, the, the team that gets the ball next is playing with four downs, not three. They're always playing with four downs because it's do or die. If you don't score, you lose. Now, the defense of, of what Shanahan did, if they don't score and you could somehow keep – the Chiefs off the board, or if they, if they kick a field goal and the Chiefs kick a field goal, 
then you have sudden death in your hand. Because after that, after both teams have the ball, the next team to score wins. So when you receive the kick, you will get the ball third. So you can end it on a field goal if it's tied. So I don't know if it's as clear-cut as everybody jumping Shanahan. And Andy Reid said at the game, I'm not knocking Kyle Shanahan, but we were going to kick off. So I understand right. both sides. What side do you guys go down on? I, I, I think you, 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 you want that second opportunity because you're literally getting to play with an extra down than the team that has the ball first gets to play with. Now, I thought Tony Romo made a very interesting point. Your, your defense was on the field to close out regulation. So maybe he felt like they were spent, but I, I just like the idea of I like my defense here. I like Mahomes in a situation where he doesn't have the luxury of going for it on fourth down. I think I can stop him in three and out and have them settle for a field goal, and then I got a chance to answer on my end of it. So I, I think it is debatable. I don't think it's a boneheaded move. I don't think he screwed up by doing that, but I, I just like the, I like the ability of my defense to get a stop which they really did at the end of regulation because they, they didn't win the game with a touchdown. It was a field goal because that was the option for Kansas City to tie the game. Imagine if the option were if, they, if that extra point wasn't blocked earlier in the game and they had to go for the touchdown, maybe they lose the game in regulation. But they did have the ability to stop them and force them into a decision on fourth down. By having Kansas City not having any decision on fourth down, to me, is advantage Chiefs. So I think I would have allowed the Chiefs to have the ball first. But I'm not going to kill Shanahan for it. And you just knew, Don and Peter, that the Moody blocked extra point was going to be huge. Yeah, that's, because then, that's then really it would have fallen play. into what, 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 what Eli had to do when they were down by four, Don. They had to score that touchdown. Because if, if they're down by four, the field goal is, is not in play. So you've got to score. I'm not, I'm not saying that Mahomes wouldn't have scored the touchdown, but it changed the whole complexion of the well, game. What would you do, Peter? It, with, with the overtime decision? Yeah. Um, I, I think you, you want to defer. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't know that I, this is one of those things. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I always thought about that under the um, thought process of, having four downs. I don't want to pretend like I would have thought about it that way. I just think of it from a pressure standpoint. Do you want to have the ball with a chance to end the game? And so I would probably always lean towards defer. But when you do that also, if you give up points on the first drive, that's actually extra pressure every snap you take on the next drive too. I mean, you have that extra down. You have the extra down, but you have a lot of pressure. And, like, that worked out great for the Chiefs because guess what? Mahomes doesn't mind that pressure. Right. And, and I don't know if you guys have noticed it. He was so smart with the football in that drive. He was not going to end that game with a turnover. He was always going to put it in his hands and run if he had to. He didn't throw one risky pass, and, and he did what, well, he, what they do. But there is something to the mentality, especially a brilliant mind like Andy Reid and a terrific quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Knowing every play, your every series, everything you're doing, you're devising it based on four downs, not three. So I need to get ten yards, and I've got four downs to do it. San Francisco didn't have that luxury having the ball first. They knew that they would have a decision to make every time they got to fourth down. Do I punt? Do I kick the field goal? Kansas City doesn't have to worry about that. So don't you think an offensive line like Andy Reid, just he, he probably sees and visualizes so many different opportunities on first down, knowing I don't have to get a bunch of yards on first or second down. I've got four downs to get my 10. And I think that just opens up a brilliant mind like Andy Reid and a terrific player like Patrick Mahomes. It just works to their advantage. So I, I think it's really an interesting discussion. But you're right, Michael. If that extra point isn't blocked, th- that changes everything. Because mm-hmm. now Kansas City has to score a touchdown. And can I envision San Francisco stopping them? Yeah, I think it's a good enough defense. That's why I think these are two evenly matched teams. And th- th- things might have went different if they had played the game again. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes ends up looking like the hero because it's so brilliant what he can do at the end of games. But... The opportunity presented itself because of the turnovers, because of the blocked extra point. That changed everything in the game. Now, would you guys? I was thinking about you guys um, during the game. Thank you. Fourth and third, fourth and three. I'm taking the field goal there from San Francisco. He went for it, and he ended up getting the first down, and then ended up scoring a touchdown. But at the time, 
I thought, here we go again. This is Dan Campbell revisited. And and Andy Reid, when it when it came to him to make that decision, he took the field goal. But Shannon did not take the field goal, went for for on fourth and three, and then ended up scoring a touchdown. I, I but said at the points. time I didn't like it. I said points. I'm with you. I, yeah, I, said, I take points I, too there. So. Although apparently analytically it was pretty much fifty fifty. Yeah. So I don't know how much analytics really played into it. And you know, I'm glad you brought up the analytics aspect of it too. Because, you know, Kyle Shanahan did not just at that moment decide, you know, we're going to take the ball in overtime. They've analytically looked at it. His analytics, people think it's better to get the kickoff. So it's not like he just made this dumb mistake. They, I'm sure they parsed it over and over and over again leading up to the game. Well, what do we do if? What do we do if? And they said, we're going to take, we're going to take the, uh, the kick. So uh, analytics plays such a huge role in it. And as Don said, the fourth and three, looked at his 50-50. But again, I love points. Give me points. Give me points. And they didn't take the points, but it ended up paying off for them. Now, there's another thing that happened um, in the game, and I don't think that CBS gave it enough play. Uh, I, I'm sure that the Swifties will jump me for this. I'll tell you what, man. Travis Kelsey is a little bit of a nozzle. First of all, the Viva Las Vegas when he get, when he gets interviewed by Jim Nance. I mean, he just doesn't. You know, he doesn't realize how he seems sometimes. And then knocking over, almost knocking over a sixty-five-year-old man. There's a lot of players. If they did that, I mean, they would have been killed by the media. It was like no big deal because he's dating America's sweetheart. Well, but I, I mean, don't think that's why. That's I don't think that's what he why. Did. I, don't, I think it, I, I agree with the first part, Don, with what Michael said. Other players would have gotten killed for it. Yeah. But I don't think it was the Taylor Swift part. No, I, just I, think. I just think he's, he's first of all, he's likable. All right. Second of all, he's got a great relationship with Reed. So it comes from a different place because, you know, there's no animosity. If you thought that there was animosity and things like that happened before, you could blow it up. The other thing, too, about almost knocking him over. If you look at it again, and maybe I'm seeing it wrong, but tell me if you agree. As he's running into him, he's grabbing Reed's arm. So I don't think he ever was he was ever going to fall. I think he was overly aggressive. He was crazy. But if you look, he kind of clutches at Andy's arm. So I don't think there was ever going to be a situation where he was going to knock him over or wanted to knock him over. He was overly animated. They've got a great relationship. So it was just based on the moment. But listen, everything in life is based on how much how likable the guy is. I mean, AJ Brown tweeted out. I think it was AJ Brown. If that yes. was me, he said, "I don't even want to think what people would be saying about me." So he definitely got a pass. Whether he, I don't think Donnie intended to knock him over, but no. he was out of control. He was out of control. He does a lot. Hey, I'm, not, I'm not defending he, him he for being... A, an overweight 65-year-old right. man. It's not a smart thing to do. No, it's, I'm not defending his actions. I'm just saying that I don't think his intention ever was to knock him over. He was overly animated. And, Michael, I, it's, it, the world is the likable people get the benefit of the doubt. They've got a good relationship. Now, if he's been known as a bad guy and there had been animosity between the two, I think there'd be something there. But, it, it, uh, but I can't defend the action. He, he shouldn't be acting that way. It's ridiculous. Peter, what was your take on the Viva Las Vegas stuff? Didn't it come off as cringy? Uh, I, I, I mean, it was... I... A little annoying, but like Nance kind of set him up for it. It was sort of no, like no, no. Nance set him up for you have the right. Oh yeah, he set him up for his other gimmick right. thing. So like right. they're obviously all in on it. So no, I don't think when Travis Kelsey does post game, he ever comes off as as charming as he does when we play clips from his podcast. Right. That that's not the version you seem to get of him on the field. But I got news for you guys. He's not a. Um, He's not a writer for the for the LA Times. He's a pro football player. He, right. he plays very hard. He's really good. Um, he's a difference maker. Like I, I just didn't think much of it. All right. Well, just being honest, like, like me, I sometimes overreact. But I just thought that what he did to Reed was awful. But because they have a good relationship, Reed didn't jump him. Also, he's a great player. Reed didn't jump him. But if it was a lesser player, I guess that lesser player wouldn't do it. But if a lesser player did it, he'd be sitting his backside on the bench. You just don't sure. do that to an authority figure. That I agree with for sure. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to the phones. Rob and Nyack. Rob. 
Hey guys, how's it going? Um, yeah, great game last night. It turned into um, a little bit slow early on. I really think the 49ers kind of dropped the ball there, well, literally with the McCaffrey fumble in the beginning because um, they had Mahomes, they had the Chiefs up against the ropes in that first half, like only allowing a few points. But I was saying to Anthony, when it's a one-score game, like going into the half, you know at that point, like, all right, let's sit, sit back and watch Mahomes do this. And to Don's point before about if they played 10 times, I think if you're like 10 regular season games, they might go five and five. But that one playoff game, that that Super Bowl game, that game seven, Mahomes is winning that one every time. Well, I mean, uh, the the regular season game, I mean, is it the the regular season when the Chiefs were struggling or is it the regular season when they play well? Well, Yeah, I see that point. But, I mean, as long as you have Mahomes, to me, they're two eminently very close teams in terms of talent. I'm going to go with Mahomes every time. I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to devalue Mahomes. But, you know, you go back to a few years ago, the whole reason they changed the rule in overtime was that Bills-Chiefs game. And Mahomes got the better of Allen because it came down to who had the ball last. And the way this league is structured and just how talented he is, was there any doubt that that was going to happen? But could Josh Allen have done that in that situation? Could Joe Burrow have done that in that situation? I just you got to give Kansas City credit for putting themselves constantly in that situation. But isn't the league built, guys, for that moment for the great quarterback? So I don't think he's the only one that could have done that. But the Chiefs are so good and their coach is so good that if given the opportunity, they're going to slay it. But was there any doubt at the moment that points were going to be scored really by both teams? It wasn't like San Francisco was that great at moving the ball. You knew they were going to get points in that first possession, and it just turned out to be a field goal. I don't know if you guys felt this way. Just watching the game, the pressure was intense. I mean, for, for him to do what he did, as Peter said, really savvy with the ball, not make a mistake, make the big throws when he had to. I mean, I just didn't think that Brock Purdy was going to get a touchdown on that first drive. I didn't think he would. And you know what the unsung hero in this game is, too? Hmm. The Chiefs' defense is unbelievable. They, they carried that well, team for most of the season because their offense struggled as they tried to find themselves. Their de- I mean, to me, Spagnuolo deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame to be a defensive coordinator for four Super Bowl champions. It's amazing. And to, and to look at the offenses done that he has shut down in those Super Bowls, it's unbelievable. I mean, we all, you know, we wax poetic about Bill Belichick's game plan against the Buffalo Bills. But the thing that beat the Buffalo Bills was the offense not giving them the ball. But th- in these games, the the offense did have the ball, and Bella and, and Spagnolo stopped them. See, brilliant, brilliant. He wasn't a good head coach, but boy, is he a great defensive coordinator. See, that's that's we had this conversation um, a few weeks ago just about the coaching and the player, like who makes it, the coach or the player. Kansas City is all about their coaching. I mean, Andy Reid is one of the most brilliant offensive minds we've ever seen. Now, he couldn't win the big game in Philadelphia, but maybe that's as far as that team was going to go with Donovan McNabb and the personnel that they had. But you look at the personnel that they have, how good Spagnolo is. I mean, first ever coordinator to have four Super Bowl rings and with two different teams, mind you. So the two completely different, four different situations in a lot of ways. And the, the talent, that's as good as secondary there is in the NFL. I mean, there's so, I know it's about Patrick Mahomes. It's always about the quarterback. But Mahomes has the benefit of brilliant coaching on both sides of the ball and a lot of talented players that he's able to take advantage of it. And, and I, I think that's a really underrated part of this Kansas City team. Their defense is better than their offense. Offense, believe it, and that's one of the reasons why that they're they're lifting the Vince Lombardi Trophy. And can I bring up one other thing that just I, I mean I'm befuddled by it. After the game, there were several 49er players, including Kyle Jusak, uh, who I, I think went to an Ivy League school. I think he might have been he might have gone to Harvard. That's right. Didn't know the overtime rules. Are you kidding me? Are Are you kidding me? That's your job, no. and that, that's also a bad job by Shanahan. I mean, how do you not order the overtime rules? That's your well, job. I know, but it's just so it's so weird. Like Kansas City, apparently they had meetings about it, and yet there were still some Chiefs, according to Mahomes, that didn't fully know it. I guess I don't know whether people don't pay attention or whether they only consume the things that are necessary. So I, I can't believe that that's the, it's the first playoff game in overtime that had these rules. I mean, so it doesn't happen all the time. And come on, you don't think that there were people out there. And I'm glad that Nance and Romo reminded everyone that there was going to be a second quarter in overtime. 
As much as you oh, knew the rules. You I knew didn't, that- Don, I didn't know. Coming down to the last seconds, I didn't know. Right, you thought, why aren't they working with the Saints of Virginia? A great job by Nancy Romo. And by the way, I thought they had a terrific game. I don't know how wait, you guys wait, felt they, about they it. They would have gone to a second quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. They would have gone right. to a second. That's, that's a new football that's game. What I thought. Yeah, it's, a, it's, right. a, it's a new football game. Uh, you know, now, if, if the second quarter ended, then they would have lost. It wouldn't. It, there would have been a half. I yeah, guess there would be Usher no halftime. Perform right. again, but uh, I, I think the, the, the game would have ended then. So, so I don't know. Again, what rules didn't they know? Did they not know the game was over when Kansas City scored? That's a bad job. If they didn't know that there'd be a second quarter, I don't know if I could completely kill them. But it's still a bad job. It is your job to know, and it's the coach's job to remind all the players in that break before overtime. All right, guys, here's the deal. Well, it's time for Inside the Numbers, brought to you by Eisner Amper. Brock Purdy became the fifth quarterback in Super Bowl history to be blitzed on at least 40% of his dropbacks and pressured on at least 40% of his dropbacks. No quarterback has won a Super Bowl under those circumstances. That's Inside the Numbers, brought to you by Eisner Amper, a leading business advisory firm helping clients transform their companies, build capital, innovate processes, and mitigate risk. Make Eisner Amper part of your solution. Learn more at EisnerAmper.com slash solution. I thought the biggest play of the game was after the two-minute warning. If they get that first down, then it's over. It's absolutely over. And I also thought for a point, there was part of me that said, and I think that Romo made a good point with this, you you, you got to stop. Um, you got to stop trying to stop them. Yeah. You got to let them score and it's, get the ball back into Patrick Mahomes' hand. And if they didn't stop them on that third and, and four, they lose the game. The, the game would have been lost right then. It was it was a brilliant defensive stop by, by the Chiefs. And again, their defense doesn't get nearly enough credit because everything is overshadowed by Mahomes and Kelsey and the like. But boy, that defense really stood up big. There. I mean, and, and and you talk about that defense, and you talk about this team overall. And I I think none of us, at least I, let me speak for myself, I, I'm I'm pretty done with the Chiefs. I, I was not like stoked to watch the Chiefs last night. I get sick of these dynasties pretty quick. But when you look at Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore, San Francisco, they this may be the most earned of all their Super Bowls. It's an yeah, unbelievable it's, run they went through to, to get it. This is uh, like I always felt like that first giant Super Bowl, either one, but the first one because all of them were on the road. Had to beat the Buccaneers, okay, but then you got to beat the Packers and the Cowboys. Cowboys were thirteen and, and three. But you're right. The Dolphins were banged up, and you did have that game at home. But beyond that, at Buffalo, at Baltimore, and then San Francisco, that's a pretty nice run, man. That that, that would be a good top five of like toughest runs to a Super Bowl. I mean, Don, remember, the, the Miami game now, you know, it doesn't look that great because it was in Kansas City and it was so cold and Miami hadn't been great. But there was a hurt. time this year when, when that was a historic Miami Dolphins offense. Shut them down. Go to Buffalo, who's going the, the right direction, playing much better. Again, I've always never played a, a road playoff game. Beat Buffalo. Then go to Baltimore when everyone's hot on Lamar and the, and the Ravens. Oh, and-, and get it done there. And then the team that really was the best team the entire regular season, the 49ers, they beat in the Super Bowl. And, and you know what, guys? History won't – that won't age well history-wise because it's the Chiefs and it's back-to-back Super Bowl. So everybody's going to lump this Chief at team to all the other championship teams. Go, yeah. Oh, they were bad. If you, but no, but you're right. In a singular season moment, that was a huge accomplishment by this team. All right, we'll, uh, we'll talk Super Bowl the whole show until 6.30. We'll sprinkle some things in every now and then, but we want to hear from you, one 800 919 Seven seven six. Now, I'd like to welcome a new sponsor to the show. Hello, Jovia. Yep. Do you want to experience an inflammation of money and happiness? Watch your bank account grow with an extra pep in your step. Catch Jovia-itis, a side effect of not-for-profit banking with Jovia Financial Credit Union. When you bank with Jovia, you may see an increase in savings, growing checking account balances, and reduced rates on loans. Symptoms may include greater happiness, reduced stress, and general feelings of financial freedom. Join Jovia and start spreading the wealth. Well, listen up, everybody. It's Michael K. When it comes to travel, nothing beats Legends Limousine. I felt the difference, and let me tell you, it's real. I just took a Legends Limousine uh, to the airport the other day when I came down here to Tampa. It's great. They're really, really good. It's real, and it's spectacular. When my family and I need a ride to the airport or out of town... 
We choose Legends. Their commitment to safety makes every trip a breeze. These guys are not just any service. They've been setting the gold standard for over 30 years. I trust them, and so should you. Please call 1-888-LEGENDS. That's 1-888-534-3637. Again, 1-888-534-3637. And use the code ESPN10. That's ESPN the number 10 to snag 10% off. Travel like a legend with Legends Limousine. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy, hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's game time. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. The Knicks look to get back on track in Houston against the Rockets. Coverage begins at 7.30 right here on 98.7. And if they don't don't get healthy, they're not going to win many games. They just, they were so small against the Pacers, out-rebounded. If they don't get Hartenstein back, you know, Taj Gibson, it's not the answer right now. Rangers host the Flames at MSG with coverage starting at 6.30 on 10.50. And the Devils welcome in the Kraken with a puck drop at 7. That's game time brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish Whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go back to the phones. Talking the Super Bowl champions are the Chiefs in overtime. Stephen East Northport. Take it away. Hi, good afternoon, guys. Love the show. I disagree with the uh, decision Shanahan made. I would not have taken the ball. I would have given the ball. Think, Think about what happened. 49ers have the ball. They're driving upfield. They know they have to score. Whether it's three or seven, they have to score something. So he went for the three. Now, Mahomes gets the ball. He has an urgency. He has no choice. He's got to score seven or at least tie. He's going to drive that way. Your mental set when you're down, I think, is go all out. And he didn't go all out. I think that was a huge mistake. Well, Steve, it makes sense what you're saying, and most people fall on your side of the argument, and Andy Reid fell on your side of the argument. But there is that other side where if if the Chiefs came back and kicked a field goal, then all of a sudden it was literally sudden death. So the 49ers would have the ball, and all they have to do is kick a field goal to be Super Bowl champions. But I, 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 well, if, if I was going to do it, Don and Peter, I would kick off. Because I know that my second, uh, if, if they do score... I have four downs rather than three, what? and I have I have Patrick Mahomes, and that's why I'm a little surprised because if it's an analytical decision, and I guess the analytics say that whatever your odds are taking the ball or kicking it off, but I get I I, I have to get ten yards in three, maybe four downs if I have the ball first. I've got to get it in four downs if I have the ball second. I like my chances with, with Mahomes and that offense of being able to get 10 yards on four tries. 
and it just can, and the way I go about what I do on first and second down changes things dramatically. I just like my chances better. I understand there's more pressure because if you don't score, you lose. Whereas technically, San Francisco can botch something. The game's not over. They don't have to score. The game continues. But I think you know mentally that if they turn the ball over at their own twenty, game's over. That if they give the ball to Mahomes near midfield, the game is over if they don't score. So even though there's technically a chance that you don't have to score and can still win the game, what are the odds, guys, if they went three and out, they were going to win that game? Zero, pretty much. So I still think there's a lot of pressure on the first possession to be able to get something, but I at least know on that second possession, I've got four downs to do it. Now, there's there's another thing to be said for what Shanahan did. Again, I'm just trying to look at his side of it. If they go to the 50, right, and they don't score, then they could conceivably pin the Chiefs uh, back to the five-yard line where they have to go 95 yards or at least get to a point where Butker can kick the field goal. Um, But when you get the ball, you know you're going to get it at the 25. So you have a lot less real estate that you have to conquer. What did you think about what Romo said? that because his defense was on the field at the end of regulation, maybe he was concerned that they were worn out and wanted to give him more of a rest. I don't uh, buy I, it because I, I think I, it was enough I of a break. I guess I can understand it a little bit, but Don, there was a long, you know, it yeah. wasn't like they had a little bit of a breather. The long, the, the, the referee is telling the rules of overtime. By the way, were, were the play, on the 49ers, were they listening to what the referee was saying? Vinovich? I mean, it was over the, it was over the loudspeaker, but then I think there was enough time to catch your breath. I agree. I think. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Ed in Queens. Ed, how you doing? Good. Uh, I was listening uh, to the overtime rules, and I never heard them say anything about a second overtime if uh, they didn't. Um, if uh, it was, it, I figured if it was a tie, it would be a second overtime. But I didn't hear anything about if there's a uh, one team has the lead, there would be a second overtime. Yeah, but, I was very confused. I'm like, why aren't they hurrying? Well, here, here's the deal. He did say this is a brand new game. That's the thing. All right, that that was the thing he said. It's a brand new game, so and a team has to have one possession to score after the other team scored. That's the new rules because of Patrick Mahomes and what they did against the Bills. So there would have been a second quarter. At the end of the second quarter, I think there would have been an urgency because then there wouldn't have been a long halftime. I think there would have been a two-minute halftime, but you would not have just taken over and taken the ball and gone to the third. If you don't score by then, Don, I think it's over. But I always look at it, you know, kind of like with the um, – who was it? I'm Michigan. I'm, I'm vegging with the timeouts. Uh, Chris Weber? Uh, yeah, Chris Weber. The, a, a coach has to translate everything. I, I can't expect all the players who are probably in meetings with their respective coaches and all that to listen what the official says over the loudspeaker and also to translate it is a new game, meaning that we're going to go into a second quarter if the game isn't tied. I think the coaches have to get these guys prepared and ready for it in some way, whether it's before the game or in that moment. Hey, guys, here are the rules. Defense has to know, right? Because aren't you going to call different defensive plays knowing that it's going to spill into a second quarter as opposed to time running out? So the coaches have to translate that to the players. And here's something I'm thinking as we're talking, though. Each team has to have a possession to score. The 49ers scored. Let's say for some strange inexplicable reason that the Chiefs get the ball with four minutes left in the first quarter and then they have this long extended drive and they run out of time in the second quarter. Did they get the chance to score? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they really didn't get the chance to score. So I, I think that at the half, the game would be over if they ran out of time. But I guess they're just thinking there's no, no way that there's going to be two 15-minute quarters where each team's not going to at least have have a full set of downs to try and score. Now, I don't know if this is a defense of the players or not, but if you remember, Peter might remember, there was a tie a few years ago. Donovan McNabb was still an eagle. It was a, it was a Cincinnati-Philadelphia tie game. It was like the first tie in like 10 years. And then Donovan McNabb, after the game, said he thought there was going to be a second quarter. He didn't oh, know yeah. the game. He didn't know the game could end in a tie, and and then that was the way it was since they put instituted the overtime rule. This is actually a new rule and was the yeah, first time played under those rules. Let's go to Danny in Long Island. Danny, good afternoon, gentlemen. Well, uh, the game started. There was a lot of intensity, even though we were looking at a low-scoring game. You knew you were watching great defense. They were swarming to the ball. We weren't watching a jet-like offense. You were watching two really good. 
defense is working. And I was rooting for the 49ers. I managed to get to 0-0 in the first first quarter. But as they weren't pulling away, although they were dominating the offensive play, I just had a sense of, you know, it, and then the muffed punt, they might as well have just put music on in my house because after that, one play later, the game is tied 10-10. And even though it was tremendously exciting and riveting with the full overtime, to me, it was a, it was it was already completed. We all no, knew. the game wasn't tied ten ten. That, that gave the that gave the Chiefs the lead. It was it was ten six. It gave them the, it gave them the lead. I, yeah. I just felt at that point, it, that was it. That was the one mistake they couldn't make. Mahomes one play they score, and the rest of the even though they they tied the game eventually, it was riveting. I just knew what was going to happen, and he's the greatest. I don't care about eras, about whether how many yards he passed. He was great when he had to be. He was great. On the tying drive, he was better on the winning drive. Give the man his props. Winning, when we always say in football and quarterbacking and in basketball, winning is the thing. Well, all this man has ever done is win. And lastly, can we just stop with the kickoff, please, if we're going to kick the ball out of the end zone on a fly? Why are we even wasting our time with the formality of this beautiful, uh, used to be one of the most exciting plays in football, when the guy would suddenly just, maybe for a second, you thought he was going to bust out, and now that's gone I, from, our, from our lexicon. I it's hate ridiculous. it. I hate it. And, Danny, last week... Um, Devin Hester made the Hall of Fame. That's yep. it. There'll never be another. That's I mean, it. you watch ball sail over your head, and you start at the 25. Instead of a 100-yard field, it's essentially a 75-yard field. It's a dumb rule. I know they put it under the, the auspice of trying to protect people, but they keep adding games. And, you know, there'll be an 18th game and all that. They have Thursday night football. You got, you know, the short turnaround. I, I hate it. It's terrible. It's terrible for the game, and it takes a really great part of the game. It also takes coaching out of the game. What does your special team coach do? Your special teams coach has to come up with a way to recover an onside kick, and none of them have figured it out. What do they do exactly? What do they do? It's terrible. It's an awful and, – and the legs on these guys. No. Did you see both Moody and Butker? They were kicking field goals I know on kickoffs. Well, if you remember, they tried to get rid of the kickoff, and everybody freaked out. You're taking the foot out of football. Now I think they can get rid of it tomorrow, and nobody would bat an eye. That's right. I, All right, we're I just think, starting at the 25. See, I think that's the conspiracy theory of it. All right, we'll do this under these rules, and now nobody will miss it, miss it being Exactly. Gone. I would, I you know, because it, the the thing that kills the rule, like if I was, if I was a smart special teams coach, I'd have them kick it to the the two or the three, but now you could call a, a fair catch and st- still start at twenty. I, I would squib all the time. You can't do that on a squib, can you? No, that's what I would do. But, and also, you know, getting back to the muff, and I, and I thought that Nance and Romo a little late, Peter, but I get you what you're saying that. Uh, <laughs> That they, they explained it beautifully, but bad producing and directing. Don't show McLeod on the sidelines after KNC takes over the ball. He tried to save the play. Like, don't make it seem like he made a mistake. He didn't make the mistake. Right? I got the right. McLeod, it's the one yeah, trying to scoop no, the ball up. No, McLeod didn't make a mistake. It was the other guy. Right. But, but do you remember after it's all over and Kansas City celebrates, the first shot is McLeod on the sidelines as if he made the mistake. He didn't make the mistake. Now, you also said, Don, that you thought that Nansen Romo did a terrific job. It was the best it was the best game that I've ever seen Romo do. Okay. Wow. So uh, one thing that I I I mean just the way broadcasting has evolved. So McCall Hardman catches the ball. At that point, I'm sorry. You got to shut up. Oh, well. You got to you got to let the you, you got to let the game and the pictures tell the story and then you could pick up. He started talking and didn't stop. I mean, that is the cardinal rule. I can't believe that a producer in his head said, let it breathe. It, it, that's his job is to no, let it right. breathe. To start breaking it down, that's the wrong time to do it. That is an egregious error. I, I mean, if, if I say three words after see ya, I get excoriated. I, I listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a fan, as you know. I shouldn't say I'm not a fan. I just can't believe he makes the money that he makes. But... I'm not overly – I don't think he's the best at what he does, not even close. But I, I, I thought he explained things well, the way he went into the detail as the game is winding down that Spagnolo has to be aggressive, even if it's to the point of them scoring, because the last thing you can allow the, them to do is let the clock run out. Like It may be obvious to a lot of diehard football fans, but I thought he really did a great job describing everything, describing the emotion of what the quarterbacks are going through. I thought he had a terrific game, but you make a good point. He's got to let that did breathe. You- 
Uh, guys, do you guys have the um, audio of the final final play back there? Let, let's hear it. I want to hear Mahomes it. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! I didn't really hear it. One more time. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! Oh. Well, yeah, he's I, I thought we to... had the, the part that he doesn't stop talking. No, well, that, right there, though, is that, that's the only part before. Well, also, the, 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 he, he also failed on that. He, he's talking underneath Nance. He's like mumbling like a college analyst. Now, the thing he, is. He goes is for that, the Super Bowl. He's not that new, by the way. But no. this, this is what happens when you just give guys jobs and you don't let them have like a long way to be able to, to, to learn because he's, he's too emotional. He's too involved. He's too engaged. He can't help himself. Uh, you're right. That's that you got to be able to lay out. That's the inexperience of it that he probably could have gained if they didn't give him the number one booth right out of the right out of retirement. But I think he's been doing it long enough at this point to know when to lay out for a game-winning championship uh, call. I mean, I, there, there are some producers that would kill a mic. So that you can't well, do it. McManus's last game, right? So I don't know. Was he? No, but he's the executive. He's not in the truck. Oh. So I mean, it's just it's a it's not a great look because again, the one thing that gets every analyst or any kind of broadcaster ripped is to not let the pictures tell the story because you're on TV. Can I be that guy though for a second, Michael? Sure. You are. No, just from a fan standpoint, because everything Michael is saying is correct, but to the average viewer, Peter. Don't you think they judge him more on how he analyzes the game than Steppage? Because I don't think the I don't think the ordinary fan cares about Steppage the way uh, like no, play no, by play no guys fan, do. I don't think I, I think half the people who listen to our show every week uh, when we well, talk I, about it, we're the only I, place they hear about it. I will also say this: I'm telling you what the rule is, and I'm, I'm not even talking about the Steppage, okay? Because you can barely hear him, but if you're listening, you can. It's the talking nonstop. I think for a minute. When the game is over, I I'm not totally in line with that. I mean, why are we there? Well, well, let the pictures tell the story. I mean, you should be able to talk a little bit. You should be able to put a frame on the picture, but to talk nonstop, but the, but and start breaking it down. What you do is you let the confetti fall. You get all the celebratory shots, and then you could say that that stuff is timeless. That you're going to say. So, but but if there's a good director, and I'm sure these are all great directors that get to this level, directing and producing a Super Bowl. Like if I see that happen, Michael, I'm I'm inclined to believe that's what they want. Because couldn't yeah, they be think, in his ear, lay so. out, or couldn't they tell him in that last commercial break? Listen, when this if this game comes down to the wire here, Tony. Let Nance tell the story. Let it breathe. That's what directors are supposed to do. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe they want that. They're paying him $18 million a yeah. year. Maybe they want his voice. I don't think they wanted that because, I mean, if we go under those circumstances, then it's then we have to blame Shanahan, right, for them not knowing the overtime rules. Every broadcaster in any level knows you got to lay out on TV. I mean, we won an Emmy. Remember when uh, – um, what's his face? Uh when when Jeter and um, and Pettit came out to get Mo, oh yeah, I think the last thing I said was check out this drama, and we didn't talk for three minutes. But Michael, you're and we won an Emmy. You're a professional broadcaster. Well, so is Tony Romo. Not really. He makes more than me. I understand he's paid to broadcast, but in the essence, he didn't go to school for it. He, he got thrown right into the number one booth out of retirement. I, I'm sure they worked with him, but when I think of a professional broadcaster, it's a guy that paid his dues, a guy that went to school to do that, a guy that really wanted to learn a trade. He was probably giving the mic, said, listen, just go out there and talk football. And then and then when mistakes are made, I, I blame the director. Well, They've I, got to explain that to him, man. Well, well, it's not his more first producer, Super Bowl. I, I'll tell you what. Um, Troy Aikman didn't go to Oklahoma and UCLA to be a broadcaster. He knows to lay out there. And also, probably Joe Buckpool would put his hand on his arm to stop him. And not because of any ego. No one's supposed to talk then. Go look at every Super Bowl that's ever been played, the last play, and how much the, the analyst talks. They don't. I know. So, but is, is he supposed to know that? Or he is should. the director supposed what is to this, be What is this, year six of his career? He I damn well it. should. But I think he really relies on the people around him to coach him up. So either he can't be coached, which I find it difficult to believe. He was a quarterback of the NFL. I think football players want to be coached. I think he wants to do well. So all this time, nobody's been able to correct him? I don't know if he's ever done it before.
Maybe he got so caught. I mean, he's an excitable guy. He, Warren Zevon wrote a st- song about him. But 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 if you know you've got a neophyte in there, he's only been doing it for what, like six, six years? seven he's years? He's not a neophyte anymore. Well, no, but I mean, but you don't do games like baseball player. We do like a hundred games a year. He's, do, he's done three Super Bowls. Don. I I get it. So somebody's got to remind him. Hey, Tony, I know you get excited, but listen, Jim, we paid Jim to to paint the picture here. You got to lay out. Well, from Thanksgiving all the way to the big game is typically a sports fan season of eating, but now it's time to get ready for spring training. Reach out to NJ Diet today. Their results are nearly twice as fast as weight loss injections without any of those nasty side effects. With NJ Diet, you'll lose 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days, contractually guaranteed. They use your hair and saliva along with scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements to get your body into the fat burning zone. Then NJ Diet uses your DNA info to help keep the weight off. Lose a contractually guaranteed 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. That's much quicker than the injections and safer, too. NJ Diet is all natural, no hormones, no prepackaged foods, no shots. You can get Dr. T's personal email and phone number. Call 855-5NJ-DIET, 855-5NJ-DIET, or schedule your consult today at njdiet.com. That's njdiet.com. All right. This message is brought to you by BetterHelp. A common misconception about good relationships is that they must be easy. Sometimes the best relationships have conflict. And despite the conflict, friends preserve, all right? They talk through disagreements, and they don't quit on each other. Therapy can be a place to work through relationship challenges that exist in all of our relationships, including our relationship with ourself. For me, therapy has been helpful at multiple times in my life and is still an incredibly beneficial part of my life today. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, it's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Peter today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Peter. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. Ah, another you know strike against New York teams. Last year, Kadarius Tony went to the Chiefs. He was a healthy scratch yesterday, and he you know he had a touchdown in the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. The, the Jets could not find anything to do. With me call Hardman. Nothing. They couldn't devise anything out of their offense where he could actually help. They signed him for $4 million. And then they ended up trading him back to Kansas City. I mean, what an indictment. I'm not saying me call Hardman is a great player, but you tell me, Peter, you can't get something out of that guy? Uh, it's, it, it, it bothers me. We've seen this repeatedly with these two teams. The Jets were the first thing you thought of after that touchdown, right? Oh, my! of course. The second you saw it, realized it was Hardman. <laughs> you went, oh, well, that's great. Oh, Send him back there, gets a Super Bowl. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Anthony in Jersey City. Anthony. Hey, what's up, guys? How uh, you doing? Honored to talk to you. Big fan of the show. I do listen usually on the podcast, so I apologize for not having a meter. But... Um, that's I just wanted to call out Michael here because now that the NFL season is officially done, Super Bowl is done, all of the pick winners and losers are in. Michael's never going to do the Pusick. How like, do you know that? He, he's he's never going to grow it. Great How do you know? Because are you willing to bet? Are you willing what, to pay? Days? Are you willing to pay ten thousand dollars to the Alzheimer's Association if I if I do grow it? Anthony, I'll pay for but it. it has I'll, to I'll be pay full it. Pusik. Well, so, I'll, I'll grow it as best I can. I, I mean, I can't make myself well, more hirsute than I am. When was the last time you shaved? This morning. Oh, come on, man! Yeah, exactly. See, yeah. The, the, the morning so what of. Think, what I think should happen here, I, I think that there should be a fake Pusik created, maybe like a Broadway quality wig for for Michael's chin, and he has to wear it every day on the show for. I don't know, a couple months maybe. It, it, it may be point. better. That may be a better choice, Don. You yeah, get me a music Merkin and I'll do it. How could you in good conscience shave this morning? Because I'm I did I'm doing the hot stove tonight oh, and I'm doing the hot stove again on Wednesday. Here we see Peter, but, but, but it's, he, it's so it's Don, it, Michael, uh, Michael, Michael, Michael. If you just need to get this thing started, 
Right. You think that it would have been so noticeable by Wednesday that you had to shave today? Yeah. And come on. It's not, Peter, it's not going to happen. It's already the 12th of February. So he's going to shave up until Wednesday, which is the 14th now, or midway through February. And, and the first Yankee game is when, Michael? Um, the 25th of February, but we're, we're, not, we're not on camera. All right, so, but, but when's opening day? Opening day is the last day of March, I guess. So March 31st. So you really think, Peter, he's going to be able to grow anything resembling a Pusick in the next five weeks? Listen, if you Six guys weeks. want to get the fake Pusick, I'll wear it every day. I don't even know where to begin to find a Merkin, Michael. Merkin, Michael. <laughs> <It's a drop. laughs> That's a drop. Uh, but I, I you, you know what? This is, you're not going to take it as a compliment, but it's a compliment. You're a savvy SOB, man. You know exactly what you're doing. I mean, I'm proud of you. That's, that's the level of, of, yeah. of strategy you use to know that you know this isn't going to happen and you're going to blame the Yankees, you're going to blame yep. Yes, and you're going to blame Flip. But this, Peter's so right. You're telling me that anybody would notice stubble today and Wednesday if you didn't shave. Or you just didn't even think about it. You forgot and you just shaved. because yeah, he has no, no respect I for No, I didn't. Us. I didn't. I knew that I had to do a hot stove today. And, and and they would have noticed you really had something going there. No, and, and Peter, it's, you know it's also disrespectful to us in this level. I'm not even sure you went here. So he's got to he's got to be clean shaven because he's doing a, a Yankee hot stove. On yes, mm-hmm. I'm on yes three and a half hours a day. I got a full beard. What's they the difference? Don't, they don't control this show. They're just eavesdropping on the show. So once Thursday happens, I'll start growing it. What do they have? Any? Do you think? You think uh, anybody's paying attention to, to Michael's facial hair on the hot stove? They're relating you and a player together. Listen, Come the on, Yankees man. own a controlling interest in yes. Their rule they, is no facial hair. But I'm on yes three and a half hours a day. But this is a radio show that they are simulcasting. They can't. Tell, they, they don't tell us what to say, and they can't tell us how to look. Although mm. they did try Peter like a slob at the beginning. Right, and they, like that. they tried, and they took a knee on it. Actually, they went from taking a knee to actually calling the plays on how Peter does it. It's amazing how Peter was able to sway Flip. Yeah, but then look, it went full circle, and and we ended up in a place that we all wanted to be. No, it, it's it, but Michael, bravo, good job. Hey, do you want to experience an inflammation no. of money and happiness? Watch your bank account grow. That's that's the word. Watch <laughs> your bank account grow with an extra pep in your step. Catch Joviaitis, a side effect of not-for-profit banking with Jovia Financial Credit Union. When you bank with Jovia, you may see an increase in savings, growing checking account balances, and reduced rates on loans. Symptoms may include greater happiness, reduced stress, and general feelings of financial freedom. Join Jovia and start spreading the wealth. Hey, when I'm getting ready for a game, I have to be prepared. I have my lineup cards, the latest team stats, and of course, my mug of Bigelow tea. For me, it's Bigelow Earl Grey with a smooth taste that keeps my voice in peak condition. Even when the game goes into extra innings, I refuse to settle, and neither should you. No matter how hectic your day gets, grab your favorite Bigelow tea. Take a moment just for you. So grab a mug of your favorite Bigelow tea. Join the millions of fans that make Bigelow number one in New York. Bigelow tea, the official hot tea of the New York Yankees. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.